This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. <clears throat> the sun'll come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Ah. <laughs> Gee, you know, I don't do a lot of singing. Uh, at least not where people can hear me. Um, it just seemed appropriate for the week we just had okay okay did that sound familiar to you if you're a longtime listener to my show what you heard just then with me singing which is kind of cringy for me to listen to <laughs> uh, uh, with the exception of course for the record scratch uh, what you heard just now was the beginning uh, or the opening of my show that aired uh, uh, or was posted on November 12th, uh, 2016. Just days after the election. Uh, And that was show number 298. This is show number 474. I thought it would be an interesting idea to go back and uh, play that opening and where I was trying to remain optimistic letting the people know that yes a you know a fellow who seemed like a totally incompetent boob uh, a moron a narcissist uh, had somehow managed to get elected president but you know, we'd get through. The sun will come out tomorrow. We'll, you know, we'll have a future. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know if it'll be a good future. We'll have one. And, uh, well, we're four years later. Four years later. And I can talk, although at the moment I'm, that I'm recording this, we don't know for sure who our next president's going to be, uh, but we have a pretty good idea, and it ain't going to be that that uh, former television game show host. It's not going to be him, President Trump. As much as he's trying to temper tantrum his way into stealing the election. He would be the one stealing the election. 
uh, Joe Biden has is ahead of uh, Trump in the popular vote by more by more than four million votes. That's more than what Hillary Clinton was ahead of him in 2016. She was ahead of him by I think just under three million votes. Uh, right now, as it stands on the map, if you include Arizona and the Joe Biden uh, uh, um, column, if you include that and, and keep Pennsylvania, uh, North uh, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, Alaska, and uh, you know, if you keep those out of play, for you know, give them to Trump. But if if Biden gets Nevada, he will have 270 electoral votes, and that's what's needed to win. And I told one of the Minnesota skeptics, uh, one of the elders, uh, Travis, he's from Nebraska. If it turns out that way, at, at exactly 270 votes, uh, electoral votes for Joe Biden, it, it could be thanked to, the thanks could go to Nebraska. Because Nebraska splits its electoral votes. It's got, I think, four. Maybe three, but I think it's four. And one of the votes for that state has gone to Joe Biden. So if all he gets out of this, when this counting is done, if all he gets is Nevada, he gets the 270, there's no way the president, the, the current president, can beat him. But, and you know, as the week went on, Election Day happens, and let me tell you, I felt... Uh, I, I knew what was likely to happen. Listened to all the pundits before, a lot of the people talking about this kind of political thing that know more about it than I do. I'm not some, you know, political expert. But they were saying what's very possible is it's going to look like Trump is winning on the day because the in-person voting on Election Day is going to favor the Republicans. It's going to favor Trump. But it's all those mail-in ballots. Something like 90 million, 95 million, maybe more, mail-in ballots this year. And that is going to very, you know, very much favor the Democrat, Joe Biden. Because Democrats don't want to get the COVID. And Republicans, and I'm just speaking in generalizations here, Republicans think the COVID is a hoax or it's just something we're going to have to live with. Just have to get used to it. Come on. So, where we sit right now, I'm recording this on a Friday night. Uh, well, I, let me just I'll back up. After Election Day, election, election night, I was up until 3 in the morning. Uh, and I was just, ugh, you know. It, I don't know how it looked at that point. I can't even remember how it looked for, for Biden, but I think it looked okay, but not, mm, it's still, I kept thinking, that guy, that asshole is going to steal this election. He's going he's, he's gonna to do it. And I mean, by asshole, I mean Trump. And then the next day, the votes were still being counted, and, I, and, and, and everybody's eyes started turning toward Pennsylvania. All eyes were turning to Pennsylvania, saying, you know, it's in the middle of the night when our fascist president wanted to be the winner, he came out and declared himself the winner. Middle of the night, election night. I won. As far as I'm concerned, I won. That's not how it works. You have to count the vote. You just have to count it. 
It's, that's that they're not they're not finding votes. They're not still voting. They are counting the votes that are there. And why is Pennsylvania taking so long? Well, because the Republicans in Pennsylvania sued the 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 state court or what you know the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania to get it so that you can't start counting the mail-in votes until after the polls have closed. Unlike here in Minnesota, where we the the you know uh, the, the the vote counters were allowed to start counting the mail-in vote two weeks before the election. So each state has its rules, has its stuff. So the, the Republicans wanted to slow the vote down in Pennsylvania, and now they're complaining that the vote's trickling in the way it is. So I can tell you that the, the next day at work, I, I had the, the Associated Press map up on my screen. And it would be updating, and it was it was Pennsylvania that would update. The other states, North Carolina and uh, um, Georgia and Nevada, just never seemed to want to update. Especially Nevada. Nevada was infuriating. It still is because it takes. They just they don't update their numbers for a long time, and then boom, <laughs> there's a big dump of numbers. I don't know why. This is how they do it, and that's fine. And. Yes, but so I was watching Pennsylvania, and so in the middle of the night, when the president comes out to fraudulently say that I've won the uh, the election, uh, he says that you know Pennsylvania, I, I'm up by six hundred ninety thousand votes. I, I'm up by six hundred ninety thousand votes. How can he catch me? It's just I've won it. As far as I'm concerned, I've won. Right. So if his number that he was talking about it was right at uh, two in the morning or whatever it was when he came out to bloviate. The next day, I'm watching Pennsylvania, and I'm seeing the numbers going down to, you know, 300-and-something thousand votes Trump leading. And then it goes down and down, and the lead keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking throughout the day, throughout the day, throughout the day. And that was, uh, that was Wednesday, and then the Thursday, the same stuff. It just keeps going, keeps going. And some point earlier today, uh, like in the morning, I looked at the map or called something up, or I think, you know, yeah, I, I, I looked at the map, and then boom, there there you see Pennsylvania and Georgia, which had Trump in the lead, had both flipped to Biden. And the, the number of votes were increasing. Now, Georgia's really razor thin. Pennsylvania's lead is getting even bigger, and and the way the people on the TV that ca that cover this kind of stuff, the way they're looking at it, they're pointing, they're saying, hey, you know, the the bulk of the outstanding votes are from these counties, or from you know, which has this county here, which has Philadelphia, and then there's Pittsburgh, and and they're going to be the places where you're going to get a lot of votes for the de for the Democrat candidate because those are Democrat strongholds, major metropolitan areas throughout the country, are where the Democrats excel, the rural areas are where the Republicans excel, in general. So it was encouraging to watch that number rise and then find out it had flipped. So we'll see what's going to happen. There's still more counting to do. There's still, but it seems now that that you know if Arizona gets you know Arizona has has been given to Biden or has been called for Biden by Fox News, um, of all people. They've, they're on board. The Associated Press has called it, but the other networks are still keeping that one held back. So if 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 it and, and and in Arizona, as we're as as I'm speaking now, the count is narrowing. Biden's lead is narrowing. You know, Trump's kind of catching up a little bit.
but he's still about 30,000 or 29,000 votes ahead. And then, you know, but if the but if 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 Arizona flips back to Trump and Biden holds on to Pennsylvania, well, he didn't need Arizona. He's got it there. So it's just there are, as as they like to say, there are more paths for Biden to get to 270 than there are for Trump. And for Trump, he needs Pennsylvania. And it's just been, it's been uh, kind of hair pulling <laughs> to deal with this. Uh, Trump comes out at some other point and, you know, declaring himself winner, of course. And he's and he on 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 Twitter he's saying I hereby claim this state and I and Wisconsin and Michigan and it's like that's not how it works. They're counting the vote. And then at some point he tweeted, "Stop the count!" All caps. Stop the count. And this he he tweeted just after two of his former White House press secretaries, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Conway and the other one uh, Huckabee just after the two of them who were, were uh, appearing on the morning news shows were saying, every vote's got to be counted, we got to keep counting the votes. And then like an hour later, Trump is saying, stop the count. Until his people came to him to say, uh, Mr. President, uh, if they stop the count right now, as it stands, uh, Biden wins. Oh, he does? He wins? Oh, uh, well, uh, then you... Uh, I was always bad at math. I, you know, I didn't know. So... <laughs> Anyway, it's just, it's been horrible. And then his followers, his supporters, and the, it's the most fringy of his supporters, have been gathering, like 100, 150 of them, outside of the, of the vote-counting places, uh, one in, in, in Michigan and one in Arizona. And in Michigan, the crowd is chanting, stop the count, stop the count, stop the count. In Arizona, the crowd is chanting, count the vote, count the vote, count the vote. <laughs> and the, the, it was uh, Seth Meyers and his uh, Closer Look uh, on his show. He does this thing called a Closer Look. And yeah... Late night talk shows have really changed from the old days. They, I mean, they they wear their political leanings on their sleeve. We know it. We know where they're at. But you know, I watch Seth Meyers' closer look, and it's as far as as far as I can ascertain, it seems like he, they're they're pretty good about their facts. Although he does tend to say that Trump stared at the eclipse. He didn't stare at the eclipse. He glanced. He didn't stare. He glanced. That's what he did. He glanced. He didn't stare. You can take one frame out of some, you know, some video. You take one frame out of it where he's glancing up at the sun. You can look and see, look, he's staring. But if you watch the video, you see that he glanced, okay? So, but, and otherwise, they, they seem to be, I don't know, but maybe it's my bias. But their facts seem to be right. So what they did was they took the two video feeds, the video, video clips of the of the Trumpers in Michigan and the Trumpers in Arizona, and they had them argue with each other. Stop the count, count the vote. Stop the count, count the vote. It was great. So they can't even stay on the right page. 
And then Trump comes out at some point and he says, you know, well, if you if you count the legal votes, I win. But the illegal votes, well, the Democrats can find a way to steal it. Uh, so what he's what I translate uh, translate that is legal votes are votes for Trump. Illegal votes are votes for Biden. If there's if there's anybody trying to steal this election, it's Trump. Now I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I think the counts are going to come in. Even the, the networks people they're saying, look, we're being cautious. We want to be ninety nine point five percent certain about the the votes in each of these states before we call them. That's what they say, and and they're and they're pretty close or you know, to, to to that, but they're not ready yet. There's provisional votes that need to be looked at. And there's other stuff coming, but it's it's it looks like it's Biden's win. Now I uh, I'll link to this on the show notes. Go to dimland.com. Uh, Stephen Colbert on his uh, on his late show show. Uh, he after Trump had come out uh, was it last night? I think it was last night. Yeah, Thursday night. He comes, you know, at 7 o'clock Eastern time, I think it was. He comes out and he starts saying, you know, the illegal votes and the legal votes and all this kind of bullshit that he's just, this bullshit that he's just spewing out of his mouth. You know, he would have done just as well if he just laid down on the floor and started kicking his feet up and down and pounding his fists on, on the floor and screaming, I want to be president, I want to be president, I want to be president. Because that's what he's doing. In my estimation, Colbert, uh, you know, if we take him at his word, he was pretty much going off the cuff before going into his monologue, because he had just seen this, and he got a little broke up. You know, he, he says he didn't realize it would this would hurt so much that it would break his heart to watch this happen. We knew it was going to happen. Trump is predictable. He said he wasn't going to accept the vote. He said it. He said in 2016, before he was elected, he said, oh, I will accept the vote. I will accept the, the vote if I'm the one that wins. And he's been setting it up for weeks, for months. The only way I'm going to lose this election is if it's rigged. And he's just undermining the confidence of the American people in their election system. It's just, it's just, it's just, ugh. and there was a poignant moment in, in Colbert's talk is when he turned, and when he talked to the Republicans, where are you? You guys need to refute this. And I even saw on CNN, when they were doing some commentary on this, one of their, one of their pundits said, you know, where's the GOP intervention here? Where are they? to say, you, you've got to stop this. Now, my wife has said that she's seen uh, she was telling me about a tweet that came out that didn't seem to be written by the president, but it, was, it came from his Twitter account. And it seemed to be pointing into, into directions like he's getting close to realizing the real, you know, what's going on in the world. And maybe setting up being able to do a concession speech, which will probably say, they're stealing this from me, but, you know. It's just... Ugh, <laughs> it's just—it's so close, you know. And then you know, then he'll be a lame duck for two and a half months. And what kind of damage is he going to be able to do in in that time? I don't know. You know, 
Is he going to pardon every serial killer that's in the prisoners and just let him out? <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that. I, I, he's not going to do that. You know, and when he's when he's gone, I don't care if he. You know, there's people talking about it. he'd get arrested because he's got all this you know stuff. You know, New York State could indict him for something. I guess I don't know. I I don't know. That might be all conspiracy type stuff. But I don't care. I don't care what. Yeah, just go away. Just go away. Now, what I'm going to do right now <laughs> is I'm going to go away for a little bit. I'm going to take my break, and I'll come back. I've got more to say about this, and I've got a promise that I'm going to make. Uh, in this next segment. segment. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'll be back after this break. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, uh, breaking down at least my opinions on uh, this uh, election that we are still in the midst of. We, we here in the United States, we do not know who our president is going to be. We have a pretty good idea that it will be Joe Biden. And here's a cool thing. We will have, very likely, we will have the first... Uh, a woman vice president, and not only that, she's African-American. That's pretty awesome. I mean, cast your minds back to 2008. And we had uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden on a ticket running for the Democrats for the presidency. And we had John McCain and Sarah Palin. 
And I was thinking, leading up to that election, I said, this is kind of cool. I mean, we're, we're either going to have the first African-American president or we're going to have the first woman vice president. Either way, we've got a first coming here. And I thought that was cool back at the time. Um, fearless Leader has a couple superpowers. One, he's, he can manipulate. He's really good at manipulating. And two, he's really good at always being there. Always being a part of your every day. Now, that may be a bit of an exaggeration. There, are, I suppose there are some days where, where he's not in my mind. And we're just getting through an election season because as soon as he got acquitted by the Senate for, you know, trying to get Ukraine to interfere in our elections, uh, and the, the Senate said, eh, so what? Uh, except for one that had some integrity, Mitt Romney, but then, of course, you know, he didn't have integrity when he came to you know, pushing through a, a Supreme Court justice. But, you know, the president's supposed to be able to, you know, pick a, a Supreme Court justice replacement. He's supposed to be able to do that, and the Senate's supposed to confirm them. That's how it's supposed to work. But it didn't work that way for Obama in his last year, but let's not go over all that stuff. So, <clears throat> the president usually sits in the background in, a, in, a, in, in the average daily life of an American. Usually, up to now, it's been he, he sits in the background. Sometimes he come to those, comes to the front because you know, circumstances dictate that. Something happens in the world that the president now is in the forefront. You're paying attention. There he is. But most of the time, he's off, you know, doing his work, and it's not really, you know, it's not every day. Every day, George W. Bush was doing something. Every day, Obama was doing something. Every day, Bill Clinton was up to something. It's not that. It's just, but with this, this Trump administration, it was every day. <laughs> every day, just grinding you down. I need attention. I need attention. I need attention. I need attention. Just every day. And that's one of his superpowers. I was talking with a friend of mine who lives out there in California. And California, by the way, can be, can be pointed to for those 4 million votes more than, than Trump got so far. Because that's how, that's how many more votes Trump, uh, Biden got in California than Trump did. 4 million. I think I got the number right. I mean, it's insane. I don't know. I'm just going to hereby declare that I've won California. Why not? I can do that. I'm president. I can do anything I want. Can I? That's what the Senate said when they acquitted me for trying to get another country to interfere with our elections. Huh? Uh, anyway. <clears throat> hey, remember, Jim, he's almost gone. Yeah, I hope. Uh, but that's... That's his. I was talking to, to my friend out there, and he said that's one of his powers. That's one of his powers is just to be able to be in your brain constantly. And depending on your disposition, you might really like it, or you absolutely hate it. You can guess where I'm at. 
So I want to go back to the days where the president, you know, does his job every day. He's doing his job, but he's not annoying me every day. He's not making sure that I know he's president. And this, you know, it might not be a fair thing to say completely here because, you know, it's been an election year since the since the acquittal. He went into campaign mode, so of course you're going to see more of him, I guess. And so it might be just that that's I'm just remembering this last year so much more, but it just seems like he's just been there, just chipping away at you all the time. So I want the president to go back to that. So my. This, this friend of mine, we were talking, and he, you know, he voted for President Trump, well, candidate Trump, in 2016. He didn't vote for him this time. He voted for Biden. And at the time, and he told me this, and I, I may have mentioned this to you guys before, he said he wanted to, um, he wanted to, have somebody different you know it's just the same politician type candidates all this you know it's the same he wanted someone different he wanted an outsider he thought you know trump being a businessman run the country like a business he thought he'd be you know but you know he said that's what i went for he said be careful what you wish for because he says oh boy did i get it and he's changed and over the four years he's changed his mind on, on, on his decision, you know, that votes. And he, and he voted for, Trump, uh, for Biden this time around. Now, I'll tell you a parallel story to 2008. 2008 was, I was coming out, I was softening on my conservative edge, that I got very conservative in the mid-90s mid in through the early 2000s, and I began to soften on that. But in 2008, I, I didn't vote for, for Obama. I voted for John McCain. And I don't regret the vote for John McCain. I think John McCain was a good man. I mean, come on. If he was still alive today and still in the Senate, I think he would have stood alongside Mitt Romney when it came to the, you know, not a, you know, when it came to the Senate's decision on what to do with the impeachment. And he would have stood alongside Mitt Romney and voted guilty. And because McCain had a heck of a lot more power in the Senate than Romney had and does, I think other Republicans would have gone along with it, and we might have avoided all this bullshit when the pandemic started rolling in. I, mean, I think Pence would have done at least a little bit better, a marginally better job, if he were, was the president. I know he was put in charge of the response, but I don't know. So don't we wish McCain was still... Oh, tell me... But the reason why I didn't vote for Obama is because he'd only been in the Senate for like two years, and he starts running for the president. He didn't have much political experience. And I remember the, you know, the, 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 the knock on Sarah Palin, other than her being not too bright herself, um, wasn't, you know, she was just a heartbeat away from the presidency. And I would say, I would counter that by saying, yeah, well, Obama's just an election away. I just, you know, I didn't, I thought he was, uh, I, I thought he was smart. I thought he was charismatic, but I just didn't think he had experience. I just didn't think, he's, he's not ready to be president. He barely was senator. 
But over the course of those four years, I was impressed with what he, his job. I was impressed with the man. He earned my vote in, in 2012. So I voted for him. So this kind of parallel. <laughs> uh, my friend voted for Trump in 2016 because he wanted something different. He got something way more different than he, was, than he wanted and in a way that he didn't want. And he, in those four years, Trump lost his vote. Biden may not be the greatest choice in the world to go with, but come on. He ain't a fascist. Um, just looking over my notes, making sure I get everything in. And, oh, and there's also something. When, when Trump loses, and he will, Satan willing, when Trump loses, the, there's going to be the Trumpers that are going to share the map of the United States that's going to be showing, you know, those areas that that voted for the Republican, those will be shaded in red, and those areas that went for the Democrat, those will be in blue. And it will look like a sea of red. The United States will look like a sea of red. It's already been shared from the 2016. That was shared in, in, a, in, a, on a, on a Facebook thing on my page by one of my Facebook friends that happens to be a, a very... Uh, staunch Trumper, just blind as all, all get out, just Trump, Trump, Trump. Shared on my page. This the map, and it says Trump 2016. There was no mistake, and it shows this map all red. And then I explained to her, and this is something I learned from a local radio talk radio host. This was something that he said. I didn't come up with this. This is something this guy said. And he was a conservative, fairly conservative guy. And he said this back in, in the 2000s after after uh, Bush won the presidency with, you know, a, a very tight tight squeeze. I don't have time to talk about it, but you know, you know. You know what happened in 2000. And when he saw that same sort of map, all that red, and all those little blue areas, but all that red, and he said this, Land doesn't vote. That map may look impressive. Wow, look at all that red. And that's because people just, I suppose they have this tendency to think that the population is evenly distributed across the land. Well, it's not. Those smaller blue areas just all happen to be around major population centers. So when this Facebook friend posted that, I, I, I said to her, I said, uh, I said, land does not vote. And then I put the number of votes that Hillary Clinton got in 2016, which, you know, was, and, the, and the number of votes that Trump got. And it's about three million more votes for Hillary. And I said, I think a mistake was made. And that's the whole electoral college thing, and it's all the, <sighs> I think there's good arguments for it and against it. The argument for it is that the smaller states, the, the rural areas, the lower population areas, will get representation. They won't be ignored by the pres by candidates running running for president. But then the argument against it is you've got you know some of the smaller areas of the country and the rural areas will have uh, a disproportionate amount of power. Sometimes you know more power than the bigger places. More representation. And you can end up with a situation like we had in 2016, where the the popular vote winner 
doesn't win the electoral vote because in 2016 it came down to about 80,000 votes spread over three states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. 80,000 votes. So, to try to understand the, uh, where am I at here? Should I be taking another break? Well, let's keep going. If I go long, I go long. So to add to the, to this deal, um, in trying to understand the most virulent Trumper, I saw in the in a, the Daily Show had a series that they put together of the top 100 scandals of President Trump, and they do them in blocks of 25. And so, so, so they count down from 100, so 100 to 76, with with 76 given more time, you know, like, and you know, so they would do it that way in these four blocks, and the the the, the last one they would cover in the in that block would be would give it a little more examination too, and they do stuff with some humor and all that. It's a Daily Show. So when they did the uh, from 25 down to number one, uh, at number two was COVID and his handling of COVID. And I thought, well, how? What the hell would be number one? But you'll, I'll link to it. You can watch it. Go to the show notes page at uh, uh, you go to dimland.com. Click on the show notes. You'll you'll find the show the, the links. So you go to it gets down to number two and it's talking about COVID and they show some clips, you know. And there's a clip where he's at a rally, and he's got all this his you know his most most uh, uh, strongest supporters you know around him. He's getting that adulation that he craves every day. And behind him, there's always people sitting behind the president. And this was before they acquiesced and said, "Well, the people sitting behind the president should at least wear masks." Most of them, anyway. Everybody in front cannot wear masks, so so he can do these super spreader events. Just get the COVID spread around all, all over. Well, in the background of this shot, it's it's just a just a couple of seconds. Trump has turned around and he's he's uh, he's applauding and looking at the people behind him, and they're all cheering, waving their Trump signs, and clapping and smiling and all that. You know, virtually all of them have expressions that you would expect to see and reactions you would expect. Here's our here's our hero, and yay, he's looking at us, and they're cheering him on, and all that. And that's that's fine. That's to be expected. But there's one person. There's a woman in white. Not the woman in white that was in you know the natural who stood up and Roy Hobbs was able to hit that get that hit and break his uh, slump. No, this woman in white, very elegantly dressed. Something a pearl necklace kind of thing on there, white, white, nice looking white dress. She's I don't know, she's young, she's I don't know, around thirty. It's hard to tell. I'm getting old, it's hard to tell. She's blonde, she's white, of course. Of course everybody behind him is white in this shot. And and she is looking at him and he must have they must have had eye eyes lock. I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. She's she see she looked to me like she was a fourteen year old girl seeing the Beatles in concert in nineteen sixty five. The more subdued fourteen year old girls who saw the Beatles live in nineteen sixty five, but still the the just as mesmerized, but not quite as screaming. Okay, or she looks like a, a you know a thirty something 
seeing Elvis in 1975. She's just wide-eyed. He looks at her, and she gets this expression like, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then she starts, she just starts doing the double hand wave of her, ah, He's looking at me. Ah, I've got a hoo-ha you can grab. Come on, you can grab mine. You can grab mine. I swear. That's what she looks like. I'll have some stills on it. I'll link to that uh, Daily Show thing so you can check it out when you get to it. It's a, uh, I'll figure out what time mark it is and I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. But, oh my goodness. I, You know, we're all humans. What can you do? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my next break. Um, oh, yes, I had a promise to make. Just hang on through the break. I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'll be right back. Uh, this song, is this bumper song, is dedicated to that woman in white. Can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio. With your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons. Only on Z Talk Radio. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains. ZTalk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. ZTalk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, sort of my election wrap-up show, I guess is what it would be called. Um, I'm going to move away from the election for now, or for this last segment of the show, except to say that I do have a promise I'm going to make. Now, this is not something that I'm going... I'm, uh, I'm not going to go 200% on this. 
uh, I mean two a two as in t-o-o -O. <laughs> uh, two, two, no, no two as in t-o yeah two a hundred percent on this but uh, the promise is should President Trump get reelected and because I said you know how he sits in your mind so much and just grinds you down all that I will do my part to not add to that and I will absolutely minimize the amount I talk about him I've talked about him a little more I've talked about him a lot more than I talked about President Obama he was president when I started doing this show in 2010 and I probably talked about him about as much as I talked about Trump in this last year and so, and I realize that and I know it gets you know so you want a refuge from it I'm gonna try and do my best to not do that should he be reelected if he's not reelected then why would you talk about him anyway Unless it's to laugh at him because he's gotten arrested or something. I don't, I don't know. No, I, I. Um, I will probably have something to say next week because hopefully by then we'll know that Joe Biden is our next president. Hopefully. So that's my promise. My promise is, should Trump be reelected, I will do my damnedest to not talk about him. There's going. I can't promise it absolutely because that, that I never will talk about them because something's going to happen. But I will try my best to keep it to keep him in the background the way the president should be for most Americans most of the time. Halloween happened. <laughs> Halloween happened last weekend. I didn't do a show last weekend. I'll, have to, I'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, Halloween happened, and well, uh, let's see. Um, in 2018, we had 200, no, I'm sorry, 121 kids come to the door for candy. That was 2018. In 2019, we had 61 kids come to the door for candy. This year, 11. Each number ends with a one. Huh. 11 kids. 11. Uh, that shows a, there's a couple positives can be thought of. I'm disappointed, you know, because I like giving out candy to the kids and seeing their costumes, especially the little kids. They're cute and it's fun and I like doing it. Um, but it's, there's a couple positives from here. One is parents, at least in this neck of the woods, in this neighborhood, are taking COVID very seriously. And maybe they're being a little overcautious. I wore my mask, I wore gloves, you know, but you know, maybe they were being extra cautious because, you know, the, because of the COVID. We don't want to send our kids out there to trick or treat because of the COVID. The, I know there were some states or some cities or that that banned it and said they're not doing it because the numbers are so high. And maybe that's the best way to do it. And that's that's why I say, well, I guess it's kind of a positive that most parents weren't willing to send their kids out, or even the kids might have said, I don't want to, I don't want to risk it. Maybe they were even smart enough to know that. The other positive is we got a buttload of candy. <laughs> we got right here. We still got a nice jar full of candy, or a, a yeah, whatever, a, a bucket full of candy sitting right there. And the weather wasn't all that bad. Got a bit windy. But the weather wasn't all that bad. It just was... It's the COVID times. 
And this is a, a cool thing. The reason I didn't do a show last week was because um, we were heading down to Mankato, Minnesota, which is about 85 miles south of the Twin Cities. It's a little under two-hour drive or something like that. And uh, we were going down to Mankato because we wanted to visit and do a tour of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Because we, a certain resident in this house is in his senior year of high school. And we're looking at, well, you know, further education. Uh, our, our son Hayden and it, uh, was interested in Minnesota State, Mankato. He, the, he's, he's got a couple friends that were thinking about going there. And he's thinking, that's kind of nice. My sister and her husband are both professors at that school. Now, he might not get them as, as teachers, but they, of course, they live in the area, and it's kind of nice. It's kind of a little safety net there to have a family nearby. We like that idea. He's not all that far away, you know, so it's, he can come home, we can drive down, we can, you know, it's, it's, it's not like he's you know, in another state or way far off and, you know, where it's just, you know, a really long drive or a flight or something like that. So it's he's uh, far enough away to be on his own to be to have that independence and close enough so that you know he can still be within a visiting range. You know, so we went to uh, for they had they gave an orientation Saturday morning uh, and a tour, and uh, the, so we went. And I took the day off for work on Friday, and we drove on down. To, to the hotel down there, and we check-in time was three o'clock. We got in, we walked into that hotel like one or two minutes before three. It just just happened to work out just right. And uh, got our room, and uh, I noticed something. Well, do I have time for that? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll save that for next week. Uh, so you know, we we hang out. Uh, let my sister know that we're in town because she said she said uh, you know you know her husband and and, and she were going to be taking us out to dinner that night. And so she says I've got reservations for five forty-five. Let me know when you're here. And then so we did. And then she came and picked us up, and we went over to this restaurant. She said, "Now we trust this restaurant. They're very good about distancing and wearing masks. And you know their staff all wear masks, and they're they're very good about it. And and so okay." But I gotta tell you, kids, I'm still feeling a little nervous. It was the first time that a that Amy and I had been in a sit-down restaurant since this whole pandemic took over. First time. Hayden's been out a couple of times with friends. He's got a friend that works at a restaurant, and he tells us that that restaurant does the same thing. They're very good about masks and distance and stuff. They they're very careful, but uh, it's still out there. COVID is still a thing, y'all. We have record numbers every day. It's not uh, it's not uh, unlikely that we'll have 200,000 new cases in a day. We've got over 100,000 cases happening in a day in this country. We've got infection rates. In Wisconsin, the infection rate is almost 30%. Last I saw in Minnesota, it was almost 15%. It's probably higher than that now. Just this week, just this week, the job I work with, we do a janitor job, right? I got a call on Thursday morning from one of our customers saying, hey, we've had uh, one of our employees test positive for COVID. 
she 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 hasn't been here, at, you know, on site since Tuesday, but we found out this morning that she tested positive. So we're sending all the employees home. What can we do to help, you know, mitigate any possibility of uh, virus and stuff? What can we do? And I told them, well, you know, map out. You know, you can, they can send you a map of their of their floor plan. They can do that. I said, you mark the areas where where her her office or cubicle was because it was a her her office or cubicle was or uh, is and what areas of the building that th this person was most likely to be in and and we'll give a good thorough wipe down to all those areas and then we'll do some extra wiping down of the other common area stuff but give us that and that's that's about the best we can do there are outfits set up that go in and do spraying and do super wiped down and all that kind of stuff but i'm not sure that's absolutely necessary the the worry of the infection is not so much getting it from a surface it's getting it from being in a room with other people talking and eating and drinking wine. <laughs> so we're at this restaurant and that's what was going on oh goodness anyway so that was one incident this week and then uh that, that was yesterday i heard about that then today uh, I, the supervisor and I, we trade off days during the week where we go into a building during the day and do some surface disinfecting. And I walked in this morning. You know, we had traded days. Normally, I do Tuesdays, Thursdays, but we traded days. And I walked in this morning. The receptionist says, oh, oh, can you do a, a, a big wipe down of so-and-so's office? She didn't test positive for the COVID, but she had been in contact with somebody with the COVID, and they just wanted to be careful. And I said, oh, I know where that office is. I'll do it. So I, I wiped down all the surfaces. And when I was done, I was leaving. I told the receptionist, okay, this is what I did. And, and she said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, oh. So it's just this week. And this is, is these infection rates keep staying high, and people keep being dumbasses and not wearing masks. Because we were at that restaurant. <laughs> oh, my. So I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous about being at that restaurant. And it's been over, it's been a week now. If we go through to the end of next week, next Friday, when I'm recording my next show, if I say, ah, okay, I'm a little less nervous because it'll be a couple of weeks if something, you know, was going to show up, would have happened. And my sister hasn't had anything. We haven't heard anything from her. So we're okay as far as that goes. But I just, it's just, it's just, you know, it just was a little bothersome for me. So, um, the cool thing then, visiting that school, uh, well, Amy and I, we walked out of there and we were talking to each other that we both agreed. We're just envious of Hayden. Because I went to art school and I lived at home with my parents. Amy went to a design school out in, out in Arizona and she had an apartment with somebody. And, you know, she didn't, neither of us had that campus, you know, that living on campus or that college experience. We ne neither of us had that. I mean, we had sort of it, but neither of us had the, the the kind of stuff that this the amenities that this this university is going to be able to offer our son. And it's just we're just watching this, and they're, and they're doing hybrid kind of learning, some distance stuff and some class stuff, but they keep the classes pretty small. It's usually like twenty students per instructor, something like that. So it's just we just wow, this seems really cool, really great. And then just this Wednesday, I think it was. We got the notice from the school that Hayden has been accepted for the class of, you know, for fall of 2021. So that's pretty cool. There's another thing that's pretty cool. I'm going to make this quick. Last week, I talked about James Randi. 
uh, just gave some of my observations and how he's influenced me, even though I'd have no personal connection stories like so many other podcasters I've been listening to. And um, uh, so I had something just today when I was, you know, I was taking a break from all the election stuff to look at. And this, you know, how you, if you have your, you have, uh, uh, if you're signed up for YouTube, you know, if you have like your own, you know, you're, you're not paying for anything, but you just, you can sign in. You can do that to show that you're 18 and you can watch some more uh, adult content. Not not dirty stuff, but more, you know. So you can do that. Uh, so if you go to your page and you're signed in, they, they say, here's uh, you know videos recommended for you. And there was one recommended for me for, of James Randi. Now, I'd seen this before. And he's, I, he's, he's, I, I think he might have been in his 60s or something at this point. And he's giving a talk. And he's talking about how he was told by a, a, a physicist that... Uh, a friend of his says, ah, well, you're going to have to give that million dollars. Some of your million dollars is in danger. And Randy says, oh, really? By, by whom? And, well, there's this kid. He's being tested by the Lawrence Livermore. It's some research facility out in California, some science place. These scientists are investigating the psychic who can you know, do all the tricks that Uri Geller does. It's not Uri Geller. It's somebody else. And there's and he tells there's this tells the story of a matchbox thing feat this kid this person did with a matchbox and Randy shows the matchbox and it's the kind of matchbox it's got the wooden matches in there you know they slide open like that so Randy is uh, showing he's talking to this crowd and he's showing what the what it was that the uh, the uh, uh, the matchbox kid could do. And uh, he, what he what he could do was he could lay it on the back of his hand. He'd have his kind of his hand in a fist shape, and and the matchbox would start to stand up. You know, one side of it would still be in contact with his fist. You know, it's like it's standing up on it. You know, and so Randy starts doing it. Oh, look at that! It's coming up! It's coming up! And then he uh, he 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 does a bit of humor. He says, "You know, I, I looked at it, and I I'm still trying to figure out how he did it." And while he's saying that, he's letting his hand drop down. It drops out of camera, but the matchbox is staying on his hand. He picks up his hand back in the camera, scratches his nose. It's just like, "Oh, I I don't know what's uh I can't it's beyond me. I can't figure out how that kid, uh, that psychic was doing it." And then he shows he gives the reveal. The reveal is. Because it's one of those matchbox that slides closed, you can pinch some skin into it. You know, and then as you clench your fist, you very subtly clench your fist, that skin begins to tighten, and that tightening causes the matchbox to rise. And he shows that. He explains it to everybody. That's cool. But that's not the real cool thing of this. Now, I, as I said, I've seen this video before, but I forgot about this little thing he does at the end. Now, remember, James Randi was a, a magician, a conjurer, is what he preferred to be called, and he could do tricks. Sleight of hand, he was really good. I mean, he was one of the top guys in that field. He was one of the guys that, that everybody's, yeah, James Randi, one of the greatest. He's amazing for a reason. And so he, he, you know, he explains how the matchbox thing worked, and then he, then he takes it in, into his hands, and he, he, he throws it out to an audience. Where they, oh, here you go. And it, doesn't, it disappears. And then he reaches back into his jacket with his other hand and pulls it out. He does that sleight of, tra sleight of hand thing where it looks like he's going to toss it. You, 
I know how the trick is done, but it completely caught me off guard. I didn't see him do it. It just happened, and I went, that is awesome. <laughs> that was so cool that he was able to just so quickly and, 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 and deftly do it. I mean, that's how good he was at, at his trade. I'll link to that video. You better check it out. It'll be cool. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, we've come to the end of another another one. Let's hope I have better news for you next week. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Stay skeptical, extraordinary claims, blah, blah, blah. Wash your hands, wear a mask, be patient, be safe, stay home, whatever. Just, but wear a mask. Um, and remember, I'm Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning, tuning us in. in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going well, to hell. hell.